The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of Passion. You know what that means. Trouble Tuesdays, the night that I answer uh, your questions about love, sex, and relationships. You can send them to me by text at 514-800. You can send them to me by email to laurie at drlaurie.com. Or feel free to call in at 514-790-0800. Remember that it is anonymous. You don't need to give me your name. I won't use your name on the air. If you call in, you can be anybody you want to be and uh, and just get at least your questions. No question is uh, stupid. So, you know, a lot of people think, or especially when it comes to sexuality, they want don't want to feel like they don't know. But like I said, it is anonymous. And if you have that question, I can guarantee you other people have had the same question at some at some point. I heard that the diet drug fentermine can increase a person's libido. Do you agree? So fentermine is, as far as I know, is an appetite suppressant. And actually, I, I did a little um, search on th- this one. This one came by email, so I had a bit of time. Um, some of the side effects of this medication are not an increase in a person's libido. It actually can cause erectile dysfunction and lowered libido in men and women. But then you have to look at the psychological effect, right? So let's say you're, if you're on a diet and you've lost a lot of weight, you probably also feel maybe better about yourself. So your sex drive would increase naturally just because cycle from a psychological point of view, um, it's, it's having that, that kind of an impact. So, uh, just beware any medication and many medications have sexual side effects. So when you're on when you're prescribed anything, always ask, either do the research or ask the pharmacist or your doctor, although many times they don't know, um, and they don't tell you, ask them about any, uh, sexual side effects to medications. So often I have get people in my office who are experiencing, um, erectile dysfunction and they never had it in the past. And one of the first questions I ask is what medications are you on? And then does it coincide with the taking of this medication. And believe it or not, a lot of people are like, they don't make the connection between those two things. So because the doctor, yeah, they just figured, okay, it's a medication. Why should it affect my, my penis? It has nothing to do with my penis. Uh, but it, uh, it can. So that's important. Oh, somebody wants to know, Dr. Lee, do you not do tweets? Um, <laughs> I'm really, really bad on social media really bad. Uh, I have Twitter feed. I have all of that. I, you know, tweet, Instagram, all of that stuff and Facebook, probably more active on Facebook, seeing my age, I suppose. Um, I even have a TikTok account. Ask me how often I use it. No, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm waiting to get coached by my daughter who happens to be a, a social media marketing ex person. And, um, she just happens to live in Toronto, but hopefully, um, she will coach me, uh, through that. And I, I probably should, should do more of that. I just find there's not enough hours in the day. I could be working literally 14 hours a day, every day. If I had to like keep up with 
all this stuff. There's so much to do in a day. So, uh, so I apologize if you're looking for stuff on social media from me, but, um, you'll most likely find it on Facebook. So if you hopefully have Facebook, I have a public page there where I do post and share articles related to sexuality and things like that. So, uh, you can, you can check it out there. Um, I asked my girlfriend if she wanted to have sex in the bathtub. She said because she heard stories that the penis would get stuck in the vagina and we'd have to go to the ER. Is this true? A good question, right? People have asked this about pools and everything like that. I'm going to tell you this. It's not completely a myth, but it is so rare that you have a better chance of winning the lottery or getting struck by lightning than this happening to you. Okay. There is, there's even a, a, a name for it. It's called penis captivus. So the, the captive penis basically. So it can happen so rarely, like I said, usually it's when, if the woman is having a vaginal spasm along with the suction in uh, in the water, it increases the suction in the water, but it can very easily be, uh, uh, I don't want to say cured, but released. All you need to do is the female has to release her pelvic floor muscles. In other words, don't clench around the penis and the guy has to stop thinking about sex. So to become unaroused, to lose the erection. So, and once the blood is gone from there and then he loses his erection, his penis will slide out. So you need both. You need her to let go and to relax her pelvic floor muscles and him to lose his erection. And then there will be no problem. But like I said, you have a far, far better chance of winning the lottery than this happening. So uh, you can. Now, if you're going to have sex in water, know this water is not a lubricant. Uh, yes, it's wet, but not, it doesn't work as a lubricant in the vagina. It actually works quite the opposite. It, it causes, it makes it feel more dry, not wet. So the best lube to use in water would be a silicone based lube. So use a silicone based lube in water and you should have absolutely no problem. Uh, so I said my to my wife, we have to plan for sex with the kids home. She says she still has brown stuff coming out. That's not the answer I was looking for. Just to clarify, she's had very unusual periods lately. She's 43 and thinks they can look kind of brown towards the end. I don't want to know, just get naked. <laughs> Uh, well, of course, at the end of a period, that's exactly the, the, the blood starts to get a little more in the brownish tinge and, and then it disappears. I mean, you can tell her it doesn't bother me. So what? We'll put a towel down. It's not a big deal. Um, so I don't know if she's avoiding sex with you or, or what the situation is, but you might want to discuss it and, and talk about it. Uh, my wife and I almost drowned in Wildwood. I could not pull out. The waves were overtaking us. I lost the erection, came out, but was a close call. Well, uh, yes, the problem is too that 
especially in, in a situation like this, of course, the anxiety or the, you know, when you're, when you get scared, you tense up and the pelvic floor can tense up as well. So it, it could have created that, uh, suction feeling, but of course, then the fear takes over. You go into a fight or flight response mode and the blood is leaving your penis and going straight to your heart and your limbs to be able to save yourself basically. And that sounds like exactly um, what happened in this situation. If you have any questions for me, send them along to 514-800 or you want to talk something out or you want to tell me how you're doing or you have questions about coping with your anxiety or, or other mental health issues, uh, especially now that we're getting back into quasi-normal, although I wouldn't really call it that, but uh, we can certainly uh, talk about that. Coming up, someone wants to know about uh, porn-induced performance anxiety. We'll answer that question and more after. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. So how is everybody doing? Is everybody getting a little bit uh, nervous about getting back to life some way or somehow? I know that I went to, I ventured out shopping for the first time in this whole thing. Okay. I went to Costco. I can't, I, and I was nervous the whole time I was there. It made me anxious to be there. And while I was there, I was looking around, it was like business as usual, except people were wearing masks. So everybody in pretty much everybody was wearing masks. So I was happy about that, but it just looked like business as usual. It was weird. It, I felt like I, I felt like I'm in the twilight zone. I really did. Um, and of course, you know, washing hands and after that, and, and just being nervous about coming home after that. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I haven't been the one going out to do the shopping. So I, I hadn't experienced that. My husband has been doing it all, but it was uh, interesting. How are you coping? Uh, it is Tuesday, so if you have questions about your relationship, about uh, handling life, about sex, whatever it is, send them here. I'd love to hear from you, 514-800 to text in if you'd rather speak to me uh, in real life here in real time, 514-790-0800. And of course, you're always welcome to email me anytime to lori at drlori.com. Hi, Dr. Lori. My girlfriend and I don't do social media either, and we're glad we don't too. Too many things in real life. Sex in the bathtub sounds romantic in, in principle, but a little bit scrunched in unless it's a big tub. Yeah, a big tub it would have to be. <laughs> Try getting out and your knees. I can only think of, you know, if you're young and you don't have any <laughs> other issues, maybe. Um, this is day two of many stores reopened. People are adapting quickly. Yeah, I can see that. Although Costco has been open this whole time, as has uh, many of the other, uh, you know, Walmart has been open this whole time and pharmacies and all that stuff. Uh, please give tips on how to pleasure a woman with my mouth. Hope this question is appropriate. Does anybody else want to take that on? Like, first of all, every woman is different. So you're asking for a formula, a move. There's, there is no formula, no move because every woman is different, right? You don't want it to become this mechanical, just 
you know, I read an article about being too good in bed, like just having the perfect moves, but that's not enough. But communicating with your partner about what she wants and what makes her feel good is important. So you would start off slowly and you would, you won't just, you don't want to just go for the clitoris and focus on that, but she's got an entire vulva there to focus on. Plus find out what other erogenous zone she has. Maybe her inner thighs are, is an erogenous zone for her. So you want to kind of build up some of the anticipation and use your tongue to, uh, to stimulate the clitoris. Some women might like also at the same time, a finger inside the vagina at the same time. So you'd want to find out from her what it is that, uh, that she likes. And you can also just, um, tell like some women, well, you'll tell by, by her moaning or her movements or what have you, if it's, if it feels good. So there's a cue, but you can also ask. So the reason why every woman is different is some women like a very light touch. Some women like, uh, maybe a bit of a rougher touch or stronger, um, uh, sensations, suction, no suction. So everybody's different. Uh, that's why sexual communication is so important. Uh, of course, another text writes, communicate with your woman and see what she wants. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Dr. Laura, I've heard of the three eights for porn area code eight, one, eight penis, eight inches long and can have an erection to last for 80 minutes. <laughs> Who can really do that? I don't know about the 818, but uh, who can really do that? Well, they're porn stars. That's why they are hired for their stamina and their size. So you cannot, as an average guy, just compare yourself to a porn star. A woman shouldn't compare herself to a porn star. This is fantasy. This is not real life. So... Uh, again, it's, it's entertainment more than, uh, more than anything else. Another tip from somebody says, try licking underneath her breasts. You may discover she loves it. So maybe another erogenous zone, uh, for, for some women. Um, uh, let me see any other questions. Yes. Okay. Uh, my husband is. Oh no, here's the one. Sorry. Can watching too much porn lead to performance anxiety? Been reading online how too much porn messes your brain for when it's time to actually have sex. So the reality is, is that 90 whatever percent of people of men, especially will watch pornography. It's not in whether they watch, it's how much they watch how much they masturbate as well. The more used to, um, you are to, uh, other forms of stimulation. So the more used to, the more you use, you get used to, sorry, I'm losing my words here. Get used to one form, your hand, let's say, uh, the harder it will become to come when you are with a partner or to, uh, orgasm when you're having penetration or some other form. It, that's a possibility. It doesn't happen to everybody. 
Okay. The, the performance anxiety part may come from your expectations. As we just talked about earlier in terms of when you're watching men who are eight inches long, perform for 80 minutes straight who you know, blah, blah. Those are not real men. Well, they're real men, but they're porn stars. They're hired because of that. And if you compare yourself to that and you're thinking, Hey, how come I've, I ejaculated within five minutes of intercourse? There must be something wrong. Or you start getting nervous about that. And then you develop performance anxiety. The reality is most men will ejaculate between three, two and five minutes of thrusting. That's not the entire encounter, but certainly during the, uh, the thrusting phase, what we tend to see more is porn induced erectile dysfunction related to the performance anxiety, because it's actually what what's happening here is, is kind of the same thing, getting used to a, a one kind of stimulation, your brain. So not just your, your penis is being stimulated. Your brain is being stimulated with all kinds of images that you cannot reproduce when you've got one person even one live person in your bed. So you ha- there, there has to be a switch that that's made in the brain. So if you're, if you're watching porn too much and it keeps getting more and more and more extreme, then you might know, or you might say to yourself, okay, maybe there's a problem here. And then if you do that for a year, two years, three years, and then you go have a relationship, it might require some adjustment before you uh, can actually complete an act with, uh, with a partner. So you have to, um, keep that in mind as well. Uh, and male porn stars only get paid if they ejaculate. That's why they call it the money shot. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, let's see. My husband is 54. He has high blood pressure and very stressed. He has trouble with erections. What can I do? So high blood pressure damages the arteries. They make the arteries thicker, which means that it restricts the blood flow, especially in those small arteries in the penis. It restricts the blood flow to the penis, thus causing erectile dysfunction. Your partner should be treated, checked for his high blood pressure, treated for the high blood pressure, but also know this, that medications to treat high blood pressure can also induce erectile dysfunction. So what's recommended is that you, uh, that your partner uh, maybe will be prescribed one of the erectile dysfunction drugs, Cialis, Levitra, uh, Viagra, Staxin. I always forget that one, but Staxin is the fourth one. So there's already four different ones on the market. And that's something that you could, uh, you could look into. So that's what you would do. But I would also want to know, like, where's his stress coming from? How, um, what's his lifestyle like? There's a lot of questions here that need to be asked before making a a diagnosis and be finding the right approach to, uh, to treat his, uh, his condition. Uh, two and five minutes. It can be less than that, but it depends totally on communication with my partner. Yes. And sometimes it can be less than that. And sometimes it can be more than that. And that's just, uh, an average. 
I think it's high time we get back to one-on-one dating in person. Too many males suffering from MSB. Massive semen buildup. <laughs> ah, that's funny. 80-minute erections. Any non-ED guy can be periodically fluffed to stay continually erect for a while. So, yes, they call them, uh, what do they call them? Bunnies? Fluffers? I don't remember what the porn name is. But when they're shooting a scene, in between scenes, they have, like, somebody there to make sure he stays aroused, basically, uh, until he has to um, perform. Uh, Don't forget about porn. Some sex scenes take three days to shoot. They take all the best parts, plus... And there are lots of montage. Exactly. There you go. A new partner hasn't had sex since almost two years. Fit, not overweight, but he does have well-controlled diabetes, which I hear can lead to ED issues. Is this common in the early 50s? Uh, so diabetes is one of those things that even if you are, uh, let's say fit, not overweight, it, it's a, it could be familial genetic thing, right? So you could have a predisposition to, to diabetes for that. So if he's being treated, um, that's a good thing, but it, erectile dysfunction is common in, uh, men with diabetes and he may need one of those ED drugs maybe not. So, uh, that's something that I guess you'll see, but don't put too much pressure on him. He hasn't had sex in almost two years. He may be very nervous about it. Um, so just make it as easy and non-pressure as possible saying, look, I get it. It's okay. Uh, it's our first time together or what have you. And it's been a while. So don't just, as long as he doesn't feel the pressure, uh, that will certainly, uh, certainly help out. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk, oh, somebody asked a question about, uh, male porn stars again. So, uh, actually an, a question about wanting sex, but her husband does not. We'll address that one and more of your texts after we check in with our CJD 800 newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Trouble Tuesdays tonight on the program. Uh, You can call in, text in, email me your questions, your thoughts, your comments, 514-800 couple of texts about uh, just coping with uh, real life outside here. Uh, second time now, I've gone to the Depp wearing a mask. I feel weird because I know the guy can't tell I'm smiling back at him behind his plexiglass. That's one of the reasons why I, I'm finding it hard to think about going back to work at the office. Like I'm working, but doing virtual and teleconferencing sessions, but thinking about going back into an office, having people wear a mask or myself wearing a mask, I can't, I can't imagine like how comfortable is that for people? Would you be comfortable in, 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 in a therapy session where you can't see the, or barely see the facial expressions of the therapist or the therapist can't see the facial expressions of the client to me, you, you, there's so much that you lose with that. So that's one of the reasons that I'm like kind of holding off here. Uh, so I get it. 
Uh, most people in NDG Cotonège do not wear masks or keep a distance. If you ask them politely to stay back, they often get nasty. Not surprising to hear this city is Canada's viral epicenter. Plus, when the buses become packed with people with this attitude, I shudder to think of the outcome. Five people on a bus is enough to eliminate the possibility of two-meter distancing. I worry profusely about things ever improving here. Um, I hear you, but there are many things you cannot control and you're going to have to let that go. As frustrating as it is, it isn't helping you. So you're going to have to do the best that you can with what you can control. And, uh, I, listen, I totally hear your frustration. It's, uh, it's out there. Uh, I suffered from ED, but was told to eat more greens, less sugar, less coffee. It really worked. I am a boomer and penis thinks I'm 21 again. Uh, listen, one of the things that to treat uh, erectile dysfunction is a lifestyle change. Like you can't just give somebody here, just take this drug, right? I don't believe in that. I think that there are many things we can do for ourselves to improve our overall health that improves other things. You can reverse you can reverse things like high cholesterol and high blood pressure and things like that by having a healthy lifestyle. And having a healthy lifestyle improves general blood flow, exercising, eating well, maintaining a good weight, eliminating all those the, the junk and the sugars and, and, and the bad stuff from your diet. This can all help with uh, erections, absolutely. A passion poet writes, uh, so you are over 40 and you cannot stay erect. The timing always wrong, not something we select. Maybe changing your diet, stop your masturbation. You're getting too used to it and losing the sensation. You will soon feel a change and you will cross that bridge. Now surprise her with day sex, maybe up against the fridge. <laughs> Cute. Uh, Dr. Lori, this is the new reality. We've been wearing masks with our patients throughout all of the COVID. I, I, listen, I told, I, you have to in the medical, in, in a medical setting, you have to be, you have to wear a mask. And I feel for people who have to wear a mask for, uh, you know, eight hours of their day, 10 hours, 12 hours, however long their shifts are. It's hot in there and it's uncomfortable. I have a friend who's like developing a rash around her mouth because of, of the masks. But in our setting, in, in the psychologist's office, um, I don't know. I, I, it's a little bit, I, I'm not sure how this, this will be because the whole point in a, in a psychologist's office is to have, the, you know, that one hour, one-on-one -on -one talking and, and you need all of the you need all of your senses there and you need to be able to, to see all this. But anyway, uh, I came across a man who used a laser measuring gun, asked me to move up a foot. I did, but thought to myself, I wish I had a fake gun and pointed to him and tell him I will put him a safe six feet under. Yeah, no, don't, don't, no, don't do that. Uh, a few people have discernible smile back at me while wearing a mask, but yeah, for a therapy session, a full face view, I think has got to be there. Uh, absolutely. All right. I am so very, very sad. I want sex and my husband doesn't. We are in our sixties. So 
in a situation like this, obviously this is very minimal information, but I have no idea what your husband's situation is. There's so many questions that I would have. I would want to know about his health. I would want to know about the medication that he's on. I would want to know about his lifestyle. Then I want to know about your relationship. What, what is the quality of your relationship? Is there uh, affection? Is there warmth in the relationship? I want to know about his uh, erectile uh, difficulties. It could be that he is not making or, or has lost his desire for sex be out of fear of losing his erections. Like there are many reasons why this is happening. The problem is couples have a hard time opening up about this. They kind of want to shove it under the rug or it's such a sensitive topic or they don't want to hurt their partner's feelings or they don't want to open this can of worms, but it becomes this elephant in the room all the time. So it really, really does need to be addressed. I think it's important to say to your husband, I love you. I would love us to continue to be sexual can we talk about this? We can find ways to be sexual that, that are good for you and for me, but, uh, we at least need to talk about it and then maybe find a therapist who could help you or encourage him to see his doctor, to find out like what happened, where did his libido go? Why is it gone? Is his penis working fine? What's going on? So that kind of thing. Uh, should be uh, should be looked at. Uh, Dr. Roy, maybe you should put, somebody said this yesterday, you should put a plexiglass barrier between you and your patients. That, that way you'll be able to see each other, but you will both be protected. Yes, uh, I'd have to build like a plexiglass booth around me though. Like it would be kind of weird. Then it will feel like confession or something. I don't know. Um, is it normal to have blood with your sperm when you masturbate? So something, what's going on here? It could be that you have an infection. It could, if it happens at just once in a while, it's not really anything to worry about because it could be a, a tiny tear in the urethra. It could be something that that's causing a little tinge of redness or, or blood check. Do you, do you, uh, bleed when you urinate, for example, is there any pain? Is this something just occasional or does it happen every time? Um, this is something you want to check with your doctor. Anything that seems out of the ordinary for you is something that you need to at least let your doctor know about it and see if that's, uh, if it's something, but generally speaking, it's, uh, again, I, I'm generalizing here, so don't take it as you don't need to see a doctor. You should always get the advice when it's a physical issue, the advice of your medical doctor, but generally speaking, it isn't usually something to worry about if it happens once in a blue moon. If it happens every single time, then I would check it out. Uh, for sure. Being over 60 myself, I discovered I have incredible high sex drive times and I have low times, zero interest, but that lasts maybe two weeks. So our sexual desire, our libido ebbs and flows. And as we get older, it could ebb and flow even more with longer periods of, uh, of no, no desire. So we have to take that in stride and not feel so worried about that because, and usually like you're 60, sometimes people get to that age, think, 
oh my goodness, what happened? I wasn't like that 10 years ago. I wasn't like that 20 years ago. I want that back. And yeah, we all want that back, but we want a lot of things back from our youth, but we also have to accept the realities of aging and, um, and be positive about it and, and see what you can do, not what you can't do. Focus on what you can, not what you can't. Um, let's see what else I have here. Uh, my, my wife is 53 and I'm 60. We have not had any type of sex in three years. I'm not sexually obsessed at all, but you have said that there's probably something wrong. If a woman over 50 has no desire at all, how do we begin looking into the problem? My wife avoids the topic. So I'll address that, uh, coming up shortly, what to do in this, uh, in this situation and what is a woman's libido after the age of 50. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. So question from, um, this is, uh, from a, a guy, uh, his, it's a couple in their fifties. They haven't had sex in three years. And he says his wife avoids, uh, the topic and wants to know, um, if women over 50, is there a problem if, you know, should they still have libido? So when women reach over the age of 50, they go through menopause, menopause is different for each woman, but every woman will stop getting her period. But the symptoms or the consequences of all of that could be different. Some women experience a lot of discomfort with hot flashes and uh, a lot of vaginal dryness and, and mood swings and things like that due to the lack of estrogen circulating. And other women seem to not experience the hot flashes and the night sweats and what have you. So it's an individual response. Like it's hard to know who's going to get what. So you have to look at what is she experiencing first. Yes, it's true that uh, libido can take a hit uh, after menopause, but that isn't a given because some women even become even more sexual after menopause. Why? They, from a psychological point of view, they feel more free. They, their kids are out of the house. It's like there's a, that they're more in touch with their bodies and things like that. So it's different for each person. But one thing we have to like understand about desire and women need to understand this about themselves and sexual desire is that in long-term relationships and, you know, as you get older, what have you, uh, desire becomes less spontaneous. So you, you have less, uh, like spontaneous desire, lack of a better word, horniness, for example, and, and you end up having, um, more responsive desire, which means that you need to, um, be in a relaxed state to accept sexual touching to be stimulated. And that stimulation, which causes the arousal will then kick in the desire. So at the beginning of a relationship or men experience it more this way, where they, um, their libido kicks in and then they get aroused, right? So they have desire, they get aroused and so forth. For women, it works the other way. They need the arousal first and then the desire kicks in, but you have to get to that space, right? You've got to, you, you have to commit to, um, having sex, even if you don't completely 
feel like it, like feel like it in your in your loins, kind of, okay? You could feel like it in your head, meaning that what motivates you to have sex may not be the feeling in your genitals. What motivates you to have sex might be the wanting to be connected to your partner, wanting to be close to your partner, wanting to feel close to your partner. Those are the things that can motivate you rather than the spontaneous desire for sex. So once you place yourself in that situation and you relax, you can accept the pleasure. And so we have to kind of change our mindset a little bit, uh, rather than sit around and wait for this spontaneous desire to just erupt in us. And, and, and only then will we have sex. And the longer you go without sex, the more you can live without it. So, uh, you know, and then you becomes this, another elephant in the room, something we just avoid talking about. So I think it's important for couples to be able to talk about this. I think it's fair and okay for you to say to her, um, that you would like a sex life with her. It doesn't necessarily have to be about intercourse or what have you, but this is something you want to get back to some level with her. And, um, and then maybe you can either see a specialist together or read a book. I would recommend my own book. My book is the sex Bible for people over 50. It's a a book that goes through everything that, that men go through, everything that women go through, uh, with these changes as we age. And it gives you specific tips, how to get back. Even if you haven't had sex in a long time, how to get back on the horse, so to speak, how to, how to start up slowly. Uh, and so reading this together might actually be, um, very helpful. (laughs) text writes if she's going through menopause remove all sharp objects (laughs) and keep hugging us in the freezer it's your only hope of survivor while she goes through it except that it can be a long time of uh going through it right because uh when women lose their estrogen they lose their estrogen uh, so they have to adapt, I suppose. My girlfriend is postmenopausal, but these days still says she misses me. So I think her libido is in fine form. And I would say, you know, most women, it's not just about that libido, but it's about their interest. I, what I found is that women don't necessarily lose an interest in sex, even if they lose their mojo when it comes to that, when they lose their, their, their drive, right? Um, Dr. Lurie, I've made an observation, which I'd like your opinion on. I think too many young men get their cues from gangster rap and other negative music video images. Being tough and misogynistic is what they think equates with success. Females also get their cues from negative and salubrious celebrity images, which promote a lack of self-respect and encourages young girls and women to pander to men's usage of women as mere sex objects and not fellow human beings. Young male celebrities are always fully clothed while females in the media are always aiming for the porn star look. This is a disturbing societal problem, which needs to change in my opinion. Um, I I don't disagree with you. Although I think this, it's not a today thing. This has always been the case. This has always been the case. I want you to think back to movies from the fifties and sixties and, and, and men, how, how men were portrayed and it, it has always been a somewhat, uh, you know, men are tough and, and women are sex objects and, uh, women please men. And I mean, this is something that 
that has been around for eons, which is why it's so important to be able to have good uh, sexual health education and not education, I mean, from schools, but from parents to talk about values, to talk about exactly those things, like being able to watch a video like that with a, a tween or a, a youngster and say, well, what do you make of this? Like, what do you think of this? This is what I think about this. What do you think about this? And so be able to get them to be critical thinkers of the images they're exposed to, of the movie scenes they're exposed to, all of that, the, the, the video games, it's everywhere. It's rampant. So the only way to combat that is to actually be able to teach our kids different values and to tell them that this is not okay that this is not real life and this is not how we should treat people and this is not how women should treat people, et cetera, et cetera. Because, and as one person says, some rap music promotes rape, degrades women, portrays them as a tool, nothing more. Sure, rap does that, can, porn can do that, um, lots of things in, in our surroundings. It does not make it uh, uh, good and, and it means that we have to fight it. And the only way to fight it is through education and, and being able to have open um, discussions with our boys and our girls. It's not just a girl thing. We need to talk to the boys even more so. So if you are the parents of young boys, please talk to them about this. Tell them this is not what a real man is. A real man is is, is respectful, is loving, is a, is a gentleman, and et cetera, et cetera rather than all that, that imagery, for sure. I started doing Kegel exercises with Benoit balls. I usually keep them in all day. I was wondering if it is damaging to urinate with them in. So you do not want to keep Benoit balls all day. These are weight, basically what this is, are they're weighted balls that you insert into the vagina they're weighted because you need to keep them in there so you're you're constantly contracting your pelvic floor muscle and your vaginal muscle if you because if you release it the ball will fall out so i'm not sure how you manage to keep them in all day you it's not helping you actually you do not need to be having them in all day if you you can't possibly be contracting your pelvic floor muscle all day long. I can't, and I don't think, especially if you need to urinate, you have to release your pelvic floor muscle to urinate. You don't want to contract it and urinate at the same time. That's not healthy for you. So I would recommend get um, get some of these vaginal balls. There's um, a company, Lavana by Vivillo, that makes great uh, weighted balls that have like, um, a thing that sticks out like that you can pull them out and uh, you use them for, uh, exercise time. You use them once a day for a little bit, 20 minutes, what an hour, whatever it is, but you don't need to keep them in all day. If you're able to keep them in, it means they're not that heavy. And if you really want to work that pelvic floor, you have to start by increasing the weight of those balls. And that company actually gives you different weights. So you're, you're practicing with different weights. So I would not keep them in all day. But I think using those balls are, are, is a good way to get to know um, your, uh, your pelvic floor. 
I don't know how to explain to my son, but what he posts on Instagram is there forever. Yeah, this is what we need to teach our kids, right? That anything they post on social media is there forever. And it's just that the mind of a a teenager or a child does not think that far ahead. So you can tell them when they're 12 years old, uh, hey, whatever you post on Instagram, your future employer uh, is going to maybe look that up and see it. They're not thinking about future employment in 15 years or anything like that. Their minds just don't go there, (laughs) unfortunately. So it's, uh, but you got to keep driving that message home, right? That's it for Trouble Tuesdays. Thank you so much for all of your questions and uh, your comments. certainly appreciate it. Thanks to our technical producer, Dave Simon, tonight. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Betito, especially on Facebook. You can go to my public page, like the page, and you'll get to see uh, stuff that I post there. Uh, you can also go to my website, drlori.com, where you can email me through there or listen to past podcasts of the show as well if you click on the Passion Radio tab on my uh, on the website. Coming up next year on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion.